0: Third Love does bras differently. They believe that every woman deserves to feel comfortable and confident every day. And with the right kind of support, they help us,
1: her, all women around the world do this. And they have a fit finder quiz. You only have to answer a few simple questions to find out your perfect fit in 60 seconds. It's a super fun quiz because you get to examine your own boobs and then compare them to the boob pictures online. So it makes it more fun, (laughs) I think. And over 15 million women have taken the quiz to date. They're going to find the perfect fit for you based on your breast shape and size. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. If you don't love your bra,
0: return it, and 3rd Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need, but don't worry, you'll love it because... It's amazing. Their Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. They're available to help via chat or email and returns and exchanges are free and easy. Personally, I was like against bras for the longest time because I was like, they're always so uncomfortable. I just want to rip them off the second I get home. But then I started using Third Love and I sleep in them because they're so comfortable.
1: They really are. You're not, you're no longer conscious of you wearing a bra, you know? Third Love just like- Knows what's up. Holds it up, knows what's up, and they know that there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they are offering our listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash TGOG now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off of your first purchase.
0: Again, that's thirdlove.com slash TGOG for 15% off today. Uh,
1: This is an Encounters episode of Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And this episode of Two Girls, One Ghost is sponsored by Third Love, Phi, Flamingo, Rothy's, and Noom. And we
0: are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hey. And I'm Sabrina. And I have an embarrassing story to tell you. What? Because it just reminded me, because like immediately when we started doing our intro, I just wanted to sing. And when we first started our podcast, I was like, what if this is my moment and I can become a singer? I didn't really think that in my head, but I was just like, I have a microphone. I can record on my computer.
1: I'm going to lay some tracks. <laughs> oh, Sabrina. This is like that moment in American Idol where people, no one tells them like, maybe you should think about a different career. No, I told myself. And then they go on to American Idol and then they become viral and then they became famous because then they get sponsored by... So you're saying I should release my tracks to the world. I think you should. Some stellar beats. I'm ready to hear. What kind of genre of music? Is it like jazzy, pop, R&B? Like, what are, you, what are you working with? What do you think? It's very, like, indie.
0: Very indie. Oh, I can see that. No, I never got so far as keeping the recordings. I would, like, record, like, a few notes and be like... Wait, you actually recorded? Yeah, but, like, just, like, as a joke before... Be, like, if I was waiting for you to call me or something, I'd just, like record on our blue yeti this is years ago when we would have to connect it to our computer and i would just record a few things as a tester to make sure the microphone was working <sighs> and then i'd always just delete it sabrina
1: i wish you didn't delete them that's so fun no it's not it's so embarrassing it's slightly embarrassing but it's also really fun <laughs> it is fun it's only embarrassing if you say that you took it seriously oh i did not take it seriously at all good then it's funny that's why I don't journal, because I get embarrassed looking back on what I said. So. I know. But, like,
0: I kind of wish I journaled only because if I were murdered, then it's so much
1: – there are so many clues. I, I dared one of my coworkers the other day. We had to do our performance evaluation, so you had to, like, write a self-evaluation. And I was like, please start your self-evaluation with dare diary. <laughs> she was like, No. i I love it i would do that (laughs) i already submitted mine so i didn't have the option to but speaking of submitting things we have an update or rather we were updated by some of the uh podcasting sites so if anyone's wondering about when our podcast episodes come out every single week on the dot they are published sundays Mm -hmm. at 9 30 p.m est that's 6 30 p.m pst and they'll be on Apple Podcasts. However, what was it? It was like Spotify and iHeartRadio and-, and
0: iTunes and some things that said it might take a few hours. Yeah, I think it was on iTunes as well. It says it might take a few hours to be published elsewhere.
1: I think there are just so many podcasts out there now that somehow it's taking a while for it to get synced up and through and actually available. So we don't really have control over the exact time that it becomes available anymore. Right. So, if you want to listen to it right when we post
0: it, it is on Audio Boom.
1: Yes, it's on Audio Boom. Also, you can visit our website. We have an embedded player in the listen page, so Mm -hmm. you can actually listen directly from the Audio Boom.
0: But, like, just so you know, we are consistent bitches. Like, we post every week at the same time. We're
1: yeah, we're there. We're not even there. We schedule it ahead of time. We do. We're in bed at nine thirty, sound asleep.
0: Yes, exactly. No I'm sound asleep at six (laughs)
1: thirty. We're we're actually up and we're recording the next week's podcast. Yes, which is what we're doing
0: at the moment, and that's why we're here to tell you ghost stories. Yes. And these are your ghost stories. I think you're first. Oh, am I? Yeah. I just listened to the last week's one, so
1: Okay. Well, let us start out with an email from Sammy. It's called Two Sisters, One Ghost. (laughs) love it. (laughs) Hello, ladies. I love the podcast, and I was just listening to one of your Encounters episodes and decided to share one of my stories. This story actually involves me and my younger sister and maybe one ghost. My family is from a small suburb outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Each year before school started, my dad would take my sister and I to a picnic on Brandywine Battlefield in Chadsford, Pennsylvania. For a quick background, the battlefield is a 52-acre piece of land that is a part of the site where the Battle of Brandywine was fought on September 11th of 1777 during the American Revolution. George Washington brought his troops there to take the high ground and prevent the British army from coming and taking over Philadelphia. You can walk and explore the trails and the old historical buildings and houses and graveyards. One of the houses on the land was the site of George Washington's headquarters, I attached a picture below, but for those who can't see it, it's a two-story house made of one large room, like an open floor plan style, on the bottom floor and a set of stairs that leads to the second floor. I'm not sure what the stairs led up to because the house was always locked to visitors, and there was a barricade on the first step preventing people from going all the way up. But let's just say that if you were to look in one of the windows, you could see the whole bottom floor of the house at once. So, the story. My sister and I were walking around the top of the small hill with our dad on one of our picnics, and I must have been around 10 years old and my sister around 8. We saw this house towards the bottom of the hill, so we decided to walk down to go look at it. On our way down, my sister and I both saw something, or someone, in the house. Here's where the story gets interesting. I will share it from my perspective, and then I'll describe what my sister saw. I saw a silhouette of a man walk by one of the windows as if passing from one side of the house to the other. He was tall and he had what looked like old time period costume with ruffles and a big coat. And I saw the outline of distinct hair, just like George Washington had. That hair was low and flipped up almost in a short Bob like style haircut. He was followed by the silhouette of a woman in similar period costume with a large braid and ruffled dress. I shouted to my dad and sister that there must have been reenactors down there, so we walked faster to see what was going on, if there was a show or some sort of event. Oh my gosh, so cool. So cool. This time, may I add, we had a view of the only door in the house, so we could see anyone walk in or out of the house. When we got to the house, we looked inside, and there was no one. Not even furniture in the house. It was just (sighs) completely empty. Oh my gosh. My sister, at the same time, didn't see the two figures that I saw, She was walking right next to me, though. But as we approached the house, she saw a figure, too, walk by the window. When my dad and I were looking for another potential door for the reenactors to get through, my sister was looking in the window and saw the shadow figure of a man and a child holding hands in the house. They were just standing there, facing her, the boy holding the other man's hand in the middle of the house. My dad, after hearing both of our accounts of what we saw, tried to find a reason as to why there could be people in period clothing or a man and child holding hands in a seemingly empty house, but we couldn't think of one, and all the doors and windows were locked. Oh, and one more thing happened during our picnic. The next year, we were doing our annual preschool picnic, and we were exploring the graveyard on the battlefield's land. I saw a child about my sister's age run out of my peripheral vision behind a tall tombstone about 50 feet away. As we continued walking towards the tombstone, I peeked around the stone, but there was no one there. It's impossible that a child could have gone anywhere because the tombstone was in the middle of the graveyard. Since my sister and I have grown up and are now in our 20s, we haven't done this annual picnic in years, but I would love to go back and explore and see if there are any other potential paranormal encounters to be had. Thanks for an awesome podcast. See you on the other side, Sammy. Wow. It's so interesting that her and her sister had close to the same experience, but but were given different visions, you know? Mm-hmm. I love this story so much because the Revolutionary War is one of my favorite wars,
0: I think, because I grew up in that area. And even when I went home for the holidays, my mom lives on the Delaware River, like in Washington Crossing, which is where Washington crossed the Delaware on mm. Christmas during the American Revolutionary War. And I just find it also fascinating So it's so cool that she kind of got insight and saw like a specter of some spirit from that time.
1: Yeah. I also love the tradition of just doing a picnic with your kids before they go back to school Mm -hmm. and always going back to the same spot. So it's kind of like this little cherished memory. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if we think about it, I mean, I'm not sure if they'd gone back much just normally during the year, but if growing up they went before school every single year for picnic, that means that they basically, so b- let's say they went 10 times or 15 times for a picnic mm-hmm. and they had two pretty large experiences. Yeah. So the chances, the s- statistically, mm-hmm. the chances of you having a paranormal encounter here seem pretty high.
0: Or her family is just very open to the paranormal. True. Or maybe they're connected to this specific Land and like maybe people who fought in that battle that maybe they're given these visions more than others because of their connection to it. Interesting.
1: Who knows? Or I wonder if if it's just something to do with like the age or like school children that because this is such a historical site now the ghosts are like let's teach them stuff. Show ourselves. <laughs> let's reveal ourselves. Reveal yourself. There's a six year old now.
0: Or is it just like a dimensional slip where? They're just going about their lives, and we happen to look into that.
1: Yeah. George Washington. Wow. Wow. Pretty crazy. Well, I have a story
0: from Philip, and it's called Hatman Encounter. Greetings, Corinne, Sabrina, and Ghost. I recently discovered your podcast. I'm really digging it. First time I listened was at night and promptly had to turn it off because I knew I probably would have to sleep with the light on if I continued to listen. I enjoy the podcast very much, especially the encounters episode, so I wanted to share one of my stories, which is hopefully my only paranormal encounter. My earliest memory is a pleasant one. I was about three years old and taking a walk with my mother. We stopped and she leaned down to me, pointed and said, do you see that tree over there? The tree had two trunks that had grown together in a spiral, one around another. When the trees grow like that, she said, it's because they are in love. My next earliest memory is not so pleasant. I was probably four or five years old sitting on the floor in my bedroom playing with toys. My bedroom was on the first floor of the house and at one point I looked up at the window across from me and what I saw there still gives me the chills to this day. Outside the window, looking in, was a man. This man was dressed all in black and on his head he was wearing a black wide brimmed hat. I remember I could see his hands, which were grasping the windowsill. The man had a wide grin on his face, which made the wrinkles on his face very pronounced. I may have gone outside to see if he was really there, or this may be a completely different time, but I also remember standing outside the house and seeing him again. He was wearing a long black cape or coat and the black hat. He was standing at the window, looking inside. I know I was very young, and these are very early memories, but I have never doubted what I saw. I don't remember if I was scared or not, but thinking about it now does creep me out. I never even knew the hat man was a thing until I did research on the internet recently. I have never seen him again, and I hope I never will. I hope you enjoyed my story, and keep up the good work.
1: Philip. Wow! How hat man sighting, which is a creepy, I mean, I know that hat man is more of the Tends to be the shadow figure that approaches more frequently, but it always just freaks me out when shadow people do something beyond just kind of stand there lurking. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's
0: outside, because usually I feel like Hatman stands mm-hmm. in the doorway, mm-hmm. the fact that it's at the windowsill is so vampire like. Yeah. It's like staring in, smiling, Super creepy. almost wanting
1: an invitation inside. It reminds me of one of our previous listener emails where. They had done some sort of like cleansing or something and Mm -hmm. the shadow figure was just would be seen darting outside in the backyard. Like it wasn't allowed to come in anywhere, but it still lurked close.
0: Yeah, it was like waiting for like the cleansing to go away almost. Yeah. Don't like that at all. Don't
1: like that at all. (gasps)
0: Like, Don't invite any weird, creepy things in ever.
1: No. Hatman 2 is just so fascinating to me as well because there are so many instances where people think that it's a familial haunting. So mm-hmm. anytime someone's like I've seen Hatman, I'm like, well, do you know if your relatives have also seen Hatman? Yeah. Curious. Let us know, Philip.
0: Also, this is why I feel like having animals is great cuz they could warn you to something or defend mm-hmm. you from
1: it. Mhm. That's true. Oh, I was just watching This makes me sad, but I was watching just a video compilation of Like, ghostly things happening, like chairs scooting back and whatnot. And there was if maybe it was on our Facebook page. I never know where I see things anymore. But there was a little – there were these two pugs that were scared, and they were, like, in their bed together, backing up against the wall. And they were in their dining room, like, alone in the dark, and a chair kept moving. Like, the chairs were moving around, and they were huddled together, terrified. Oh, these poor little babies – little babies so as much as as much as pets can alert you i also feel bad if they're when they get scared by themselves i know when rinks was alive he used to get totally spooked in our house on occasion
0: oh that's sad yeah well hopefully none of your pups ever run away
1: no hopefully they don't
0: when they get scared, or if they do, you should make sure you use Fi, which is the newest breed of dog collars available which is like an Apple Watch or a Fitbit for your dog. It has cell service and a GPS chip inside of it.
1: And the GPS location tracking is amazing. So you can see your dog's location on your phone. You get notified on your phone when they escape a safe zone, which you can set. It's so insane. Like Just to give you a a little bit of backstory, I don't have a dog, but I I got a collar for My friend Jeff, who just adopted a dog, Cersei, and he loaded myself and some of our other friends in Boston as owners in the app. So I get all of the notifications on when she's leaving for walks and who she's leaving for walks with. So it will say, like, Cersei's leaving for a walk with Jeff or Cersei's now with Eric or Cersei was last seen at this location, like, away from an owner if she goes too far from him. Oh, my gosh. I love it. That's amazing. Because I feel like there's more eyes on the dog, too, so she'll stay safe.
0: Yes. And it also, it's so cool because it tracks your pet's activity, like the steps, daily steps. Growing up, I've had dogs who ran away and it's so terrifying. You don't know where they are. I wish I had this growing up because having a collar that has GPS tracking is so helpful if you were ever to lose your dog. Yeah. And you might think, oh, I have them chipped, but Microchips don't actually track your dog, but it doesn't actually have GPS. You can't locate them.
1: Right. And that is working on the assumption that a good person is going to find your dog and use the microchip to find you.
0: So people are loving their fi collars. They've sold tens of thousands. It's the collar that's been blowing up Instagram. And it seems like every dog is wearing one. It's like the dog collar of the moment. So we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can get $50 off with code... T-G-O-G. Visit
1: tryfi.com to find out more. Again, get $50 off with code T-G-O-G. Just go to their website. Visit tryfi.com to find out more. This is from our listener, Lori. It is called Tom. That's not Tom. Oh, 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 spoiler Hello, ghostesses and Leia. Love, love, love the podcast. I'm a newish listener, having heard about your podcast on astonishing legends, I think, or maybe it was the graveyard tales. Either way, so glad they mentioned you. <laughs> and I'm so very glad that I found you. I have a one and a half hour commute each way for work. I live in the greater sh- Seattle area and I take the ferry. So, really, not as bad as it sounds. I get to see orcas.
0: Oh, oh that's so cool.
1: That's Are you amazing. kidding me? I want that. And I'm totally dialed into your stories during my ferry and drive time. I get lost in your episodes and find myself gasping and saying no out loud along with you and your spooky stories. (laughs) Then I wind up checking behind me to make sure that nothing is creeping up on me out of the backseat of my car as I'm driving off the ferry dock. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I have so many stories of my own that choosing just one to send you is incredibly difficult. So I will probably end up sending many emails. Yay. But (laughs) I wanted to start out with kind of a sweet story and then move into the scarier stuff later. Several years ago, I was renting office space with three other women and one man in a small town in eastern Washington state. The office was in a very old building that had, at various points in its history, been a dentist's office, a massage parlor, a furniture dealership, a bar, and the lobby of a hotel. When I was working there, it was a law office and the five of us sharing rent and office space. The layout was kind of like a T, with the top part of the T representing the back of the office storage room to the right and the exit in the alley to the left, and then the vertical part of the T representing the hallway going... To the front of the door, and our offices were along the hallway, with three of them on the left running the length of the hallway, and then one of them on the right at the back near the top of the T. And yes, this is important. <laughs> I worked with three other women and one man, who we will call Tom. The ladies all had their offices on the left side of the hallway, and the lone man's office was at the back near the storage room area. One day I was talking with one of my coworkers, we will call her Donna. And her office was the closest to the front door, furthest away from Tom and the storage area. I was just leaning in her doorway, chatting about nothing, when I saw our male coworker cross from left to right across the top of the T, like he had come from the alley and gone into the storage room. I called out, hello, Tom, and didn't get an answer. Puzzled, I walked back to say hi, but discovered not only was Tom not there, but no one was back there. Not a person. I checked the door leading to the alley to see whether someone had come in, but it was locked from the inside. Yes, <sighs> ladies, that is when the spooky feeling started to set in. Oh! And then it hit me that this person that I'd seen didn't really look like Tom at all. Tom was tall, had dark hair, and wore glasses. This person, while tall, had blonde surfer hair and was definitely not wearing glasses. He also looked like someone in his le- late teens, not like Tom, who was in his 40s. I slowly walked back up to Donna's office, kind of casually asked her, has anyone said anything about this building being haunted? Donna said, why? Well, this might sound crazy, but I think I just saw a ghost in our back hallway. What did he look like? Well, he was tall and slender, had blonde hair, and was wearing a white polo shirt and tan khakis. Donna narrowed her eyes, looked at me for a second, then jumped out of her seat and went to the credenza at the back of her office. She opened a drawer, took out a framed photo, thrust it into my hands and said, did he look like this? What? I turned the photo over and immediately went cold all over. This could not be happening. The man in the photo was the man that I'd just seen in our hallway, straight down to the clothes and even in his the same posture. Oh, my gosh. I got chills down my spine and I asked her, who is this? Donna said, that's my son. Then, stamping her foot and yelling, she said, "Why does everyone see him except me?" Oh my gosh. At that moment, a wave of something I can only describe as unconditional love came over me, and I could see Donna's son standing behind her. Oh, Ooh, <laughs> He didn't speak or make any gestures, but the look on his face said, "She's not ready to see me yet, but she needs oh. to know that I'm okay and that everything is OK. Oh my so, gosh." I told this to Donna, who sat down and proceeded to tell me what was going on. I knew tiny bits and pieces of the story before that day, but only that Donna had a son who had died. I'd never seen a picture of him before, and I knew none of the details, including the date or method of his death. I didn't even know his name. Donna told me that her son had died by suicide about a year prior to that day. Apparently, he had broken up with his girlfriend and was horribly depressed, and Mm. he completed suicide. People had been telling her for weeks that they'd been seeing him in various places, including the girlfriend who now felt that his death was her fault. Oh, my God. But he had never revealed himself to Donna herself. I think he was just reaching out to people that he knew could communicate to her that he was all right and that she could let him go. He needed to move on. Oh. That very morning, Donna had gotten a call from the police station telling her that they were ready to release the handgun he had used to take his life. Wow. They'd held it for a year as part of their investigation, and if no one picked it up, they were going to destroy it. Donna went down to retrieve it and left it in her car. No, I don't know why she did that. If it was me, I would have said, destroy it. But maybe she needed to have it for some reason, as it was the last thing that her son held. Mm -hmm. It was in her car right outside of our office when I saw her son in the hallway. I never Uh saw him again. And I don't know if Donna ever saw him, but the feeling of tremendous peace seemed to linger over the office for that moment. From that moment on, clients would come in and immediately become calm. Phone calls with opposing counsel seemed to go more smoothly. And our whole operation took on a newer, brighter outlook. It's hard to say whether Donna's son stayed with us or whether some darkness was lifted once he was able to tell his mom he was okay. I'll never forget that experience. And that's my story for today. Thanks for the podcast and stay spooky. See you on the other side. Lori. Whoa. That is beautiful. Beautiful. I had chills the entire time I was reading that. Oh my gosh.
0: Wow. It's amazing because like, you know, sometimes you're in a hallway and you see someone and you say hi and they walk past you and don't really acknowledge you because they're wrapped up in their own thing Mm -hmm. but for lori to be like that was weird that he just like didn't acknowledge me i'm gonna go check on him like go walk to the end of the hallway to see where he is and like why he ignored me to then notice it wasn't him it wasn't tom and then to like then go back in her mind and be like wait a second like all these different like features like just at first glance i thought it was tom but now like that i know it wasn't tom I realized this person looked all that looked specifically a different way, you know? Right. Like, had she not gone back there, she probably wouldn't have had any of this interaction.
1: I know. Had she not gone back there, but it's also one of those things where it makes me wonder if, in the paranormal world, on that plane, wherever people end up, if they can pick people out, not because they're hopeful that that person will tell, pass on the message. But if perhaps maybe they're able to kind of like see into the future and see what will happen and play out these different scenarios and they select people based on how they will react with certainty. Right. Wow. Woo! We needed a heartwarming one.
0: Yeah, that was really, really sweet. I'm really glad you picked that one. I'm just like curious if he ever appeared to Donna. And it's so it's so interesting. Like he knew she wasn't ready to see him.
1: yeah. I know. I don't know. Like it's it's one of those things where I think until until you're in the situation, I don't know if it would be for me personally thinking of losing someone in my immediate life, in my immediate family, whether I would be ready to see their like spectral image or not. Right. But you know what this story reminds me of is. Last year, around this time, and I know it's been posted on our Facebook group, so if people are curious, they can go there or they can just Google it. There was security, like a Nest camera or one of those things set up in someone's home and they got the alert system that someone had been like seen in the living room or something like that. Mm -hmm -hmm. I think kitchen, right? Yeah, in the kitchen, you're right. And it was the image of the son slash brother who had passed away like six months before or something like that. And it was so clear. Like it was him passing through. He had like the chin strap beard. He had on a white baggy T-shirt. Like it was him going through his kitchen.
0: That must be equally. I I bet it would take a lot to process that. Like it's nice to see their spirit, but then also like, I don't know, reminds you that they're not actually there. Mm. True. All right. Well, I have a story. Because I thought from the the subject line of it's Tom, no, it's not Tom was going to be a little bit darker. So I picked one that I thought would go in tandem with it. But um, (laughs) anyway, here it is. This is from Shelby Ann and it's called, help. I think my doppelganger is in bed with my husband. Oh, She says, help. Okay. I love your podcast so much and I really trust y'all for advice on this. I have experienced sleepwalking episodes and night terrors my entire life. They pick up when I'm stressed, but what is going on right now is just weird. I can't figure out if I'm just sleepwalking, having a lucid dream, or if my doppelganger is interfering with my dreams. Every few nights, I wake up in my dream, and I'm standing beside my bed looking at my husband, sleeping, and seeing myself in the bed with him. I'm always very confused. Sometimes I wake up in the bed and have the feeling that I'm not supposed to be there, so I get up and see my husband and myself again. After I stand up, I walk around our apartment until I wake up from the dream. Once I actually wake up, I go back to our room and my husband is all alone in our bed again. What is happening? I can't remember what you call it when you have an out-of-body experience and fly around. Do you think that's what this is? How do I control it? I just told my husband about it and now he's just freaked out. Any advice? Thank you. Shelby Ann.
1: You know, she might be right on the money there with that she's astral projecting. Yes,
0: that's what I thought too
1: definitely it it seems like that but it's super scary and I I don't know how to control it unfortunately I'm sorry I I, yeah I don't know either there are so many books on how to control it and I totally read them like maybe 10 years ago when I was like I'm gonna be open to this and then I got absolutely terrified of actually doing it well that's what happened to me when we
0: first started this podcast I was like I wonder if I'd be able to do it because all of my experiences are when I'm asleep. And then, mm. and then I had that one experience that I'm, this is not going to be helpful to Shelby and I'm sorry, but like I had that one experience that I woke up from and I I woke up to someone whispering in my ear, watch out. So to not be able to control it, it would be really hard and scary. And I don't know. I mean, it's better than a doppelganger sleeping in bed with your husband, I guess.
1: I think it is astral projecting. It definitely is. Yeah, I agree. I wonder, though, I wonder, Shelby, if there are any sort of clues that happen to let you know that that's about to happen like that night that that, my sentence did not make any sense. But basically what I'm trying to say is oftentimes or for me personally, when I've almost moved into that space and like hardcore fought it, fought it. It would be my ears would have ringing in them and it would be really muffled, almost as if someone had their hands cupped over my ears or like I was underwater. Uh And then I felt a lot of pressure, like someone not necessarily like someone was sitting on me, but rather like my body was sinking and like there was something else being pulled up out of me. Interesting. And so I wonder if there's anything that she does or experiences that might tell her yeah, If she can kind of like associate a certain feeling with when that happens, maybe that right there is her proof. Right, and
0: maybe that will help her discover a way to
1: control it too yeah. if you can, like the triggers and the senses before it. Right, it just depends on like, do you mean control it as in stop it and fight it or control it as in control the direction of where you go and when when you experience it. And that is what I do not have the, the answer to. Right, I feel
0: like stopping it would probably be easier than controlling it, don't you think? Yeah. And having the ability to manipulate it and control where you're going, when you're going and how you feel with it. Absolutely. But hey, our Facebook groups are very, very insightful. So I'm sure someone has the answer. If you do email it to us and then we'll read it on the podcast because I bet multiple people have had the same issue and have the same question. So if you
1: have answers. We have that question. Yeah. We don't know the answer. We
0: don't know the answer. So if you do, you can email it to us, put in the subject line regarding astral projection question, and we'll we'll know to read it. Another thing that I used to have a question about, which I finally found an answer for, is how the heck to control my hairy beast legs and hair (laughs) all over my body. (laughs) (laughs) And luckily, we have Flamingo. Flamingo makes shame-free products for every routine. They have an award-winning razor, shave gel, body lotion, the works. And it was created by a group of women at at Harry's, the men's shaving brand, who wanted to create a better experience for women too, aka razors that are beautiful and affordable. Shaving can be boring, I know, but 99% of women use a razor, so Flamingo designed a great one and a suite of products that make shaving feel more like self-care. Their shave set is a $22 value, but for you, our listeners, it's a $16 value with free shipping. And truthfully, I am obsessed with this product. It looks really cute in my shower and it has this little like shower hook that you can put up and so it doesn't fall off of your shelf and hit you and the smell of the shaving aloe is to die for it's so great plus i'm a hairy person so it's amazing to have a product that actually works So you too can try the Flamingo shave set for just $16. It's your entire shave routine, including Flamingo's award-winning razor, shave gel, and body lotion, plus a slip-free shower hook. Think about it. You probably spend more than $16 on Just Blades already. With their 30-day money-back guarantee, you can try Flamingo risk-free. Flamingo is in over a million bathrooms, and it can be in yours too for just $16 with free shipping today when you visit shopflamingo.com forward slash TGOG. That's shopflamingo.com forward slash T G O G.
1: All right. Okay. Let me do this guy right here from Tiffany. The subject line attracted me to this this email because it says it's called Love. Orange Groves and Demons. Oh. Like that sounds like an oxymoron, but I'm I'm into it.
0: I'm in. It's like lemons and demons. Like Mm -hmm. when lemon is misspelled at the grocery store and it
1: says demons 69 cents. (laughs) Hello, ladies. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year and a half now and look forward to a new episode every week. Now on to the story. About 10 years ago, I started to ghost hunt with a group of friends that were sober. I didn't know how to have fun. I didn't know how to have fun without drinking. So this was perfect for us. We decided one night to go to some orange groves in Orange County, California. Let me also include, I'm very sensitive to the supernatural world. The veil is very thin. We pulled up to the orange groves and got out and started towards the trail and went to the right after we realized that to the left was a house with lights and cars in the driveway. And as we were going down the trail, we got horrible feelings of something being ahead. The trail came to a halt and we were deciding whether to go left or right again. Everyone looked at me because I was frozen in fear and said, I'm sensitive, and told them that if we go left, something bad was ahead, and we decided to head right of the trail going- a good call. Yeah, good call. Going by some bushes where something in it was moving, scaring the pee out of us. Not literally, lol, but we rushed past where we came to an outdoor theater and stage. I was getting extremely paranoid and getting horrible feelings, so two of our friends decided to walk down to the theater to investigate. And within a few minutes, they came to us running out of breath and with Mm -hmm. scared looks on their faces. They began to tell us that as they were going down there, they could hear seats being pulled up and down and heard footsteps running across the stage, and no one was there besides them. I told them that we needed to leave right then, and as we started to walk back to the car, we started to hear what sounded like an owl hooting. The closer that we walked towards the car, the more human the hooting sounded like oh no we started to run to the car and me and my three friends jumped in and the other friend was just walking as soon as he got to the car though he said that the bushes th- he said that in the bushes he saw a dark hooded cloaked figure stand up and stare at him making the noises <gasps>
0: no my friend
1: threw the car in reverse and literally screamed <laughs> right there in his view mirror a little girl in the white nightgown Was staring at the home, and when we looked behind us, she was gone. We flew down the hill, not Uh, stopping or abiding by any traffic rules, and we got down to the bottom of the hill and pulled into the gas station. As we sat in the car, trying to collect ourselves and trying to process what just happened, I could see a dark shadow bolting back and forth on the side of the car, but I never said anything. Then, out of nowhere, the car windshield started to fog up and a demonic face appeared to all of us with three lines next to it. Uh -uh, So we decided to leave and tried to forget about it. We dropped two of our friends off in Riverside and drove home to the South Bay. Hey, South Bay. Hey. When we got to my house, we went inside and we talked to my parents, who then went to bed about 15 minutes later, leaving the three of us sitting on my couch watching a movie talking about what we had just experienced. When we heard the toilet seat in my bathroom slam shut. Let me tell you. Our toilet seat is a wooden one. It cannot close on its own, and nor has it ever closed on its own. We all three walked into the bathroom when my friend looked in the mirror and flipped out, pushing us all out of the front door of my house. They ran to the car as I locked my front door, and as I started to walk to the car, my friend was jumping up and down in his seat, pointing to my house, and I ran into the car. I mean, I literally ran and hit the car with my body and opened the door to get in. He said that he saw a dark hooded figure pull back my curtain in my living room and look at us. We booked it out of there. I did not want to go home an hour later, even when he had calmed down, but I had no choice. Over the next two days, I had cabinets slammed shut, food in the cupboards fell out onto the floor, and doors opened and slammed shut on their own. I was so terrified, I finally called my pastor and told him what had happened, and he told me to come to church right away. My church was down the street from my house, and I went to the backyard and I grabbed my bike really fast and went through the gate. As I closed the gate behind me, as soon as I sat on my bike and started to pedal, the demon pushed me off and I fell to the ground. I was in total tears, and I rode my bike so fast. And after talking to my pastor, I called my friend who astral projects and is into all of everything in the spiritual realm and knows how to deal with demons and spirits. He astral projects to my house, and he got rid of the demon. The demon had told him that he wanted me and that he'll come back with his friends and grinned and disappeared. Whoa. No, 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 More things happened through the years, but that's my demonic orange grove story. I hoped you guys like it. From Tiffany. Um... I think the most disturbing thing in this entire experience was that there was a hooded figure making owl noises, yeah, it reminds me
0: of the windingo like the you know how, and granted we know, and we've discussed that not owls owls are not bad, the legend of windingo and like this owl hooting is this demon trying to be you know. Is the demon responsible for the Wendigo?
1: Yeah. I just I think what bothers me is like it was going to make itself known regardless and it was going to follow them and it was going to be creepy. So, like, why not just present yourself as a demon? Why not just like stick to the usual growls? Why hooting? I don't know. When like two seconds later, you're just going to stand up and show that your lips are producing the hoots.
0: Well, maybe it's trying to like, because owls hooting out in the night isn't an unsettling thing. So maybe it's like trying to give them a sense of comfort of like, oh, everything's fine and normal. And then he stands Mm -hmm. up and stares at the guy and is like smiling as he's making the noise. And it's like, oh, that comfort you thought you had. You know how you're walking while all your friends are running. You better start running.
1: It also makes me think what if there is more than one and it was hooting to try to distract them from what was happening <gasps> near or around to them. Why are the orange groves so haunted?
0: I don't know. Well, note to self, never go there. Never eat oranges. <laughs> <laughs> That's the lesson we've learned. Okay, what do you have? Wait, okay, but I'm still not over the fact that her friend Astral projected and helped get rid of the demon, but the demon said, I'll be back.
1: You have to be so strong to confidently Astral project to a smiling, creepy-ass demon, because I feel like once you're on that plane you're on the it's like it's like going into the water and a shark attacking you like you went into the shark's home he went into the demon's home yeah. so i feel like it's like a being a fish out of water oh i don't like it
0: also i wonder tiffany if your friend has knowledge about astral projection maybe they can help shelby do share do share the knowledge spread the wealth yeah please share okay i have a story from andy their subject line is i think i'm cursed from a ritual done on me as a baby Hey ladies, I'm Andy, and I love the podcast. I listen to it all day while I work at a school, and I'm pretty sure it's haunted, but that's another story. Anyway, so I'm adopted from Paraguay, which is in South America. Now Paraguay is Catholic, but there's also a lot of witchcraft. So good old Bob and Stephanie come down to adopt me, and these locals said they wanted to do a traditional ritual on me.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I don't know why that was so funny. Good old Bob and Stephanie come down to adopt me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And these locals said they wanted to do a traditional ritual on me. So being dumb Americans, LOL, sorry mom and dad, they let the locals do it. They placed me on an altar type thing and started chanting and pouring oils on me and placing beads around my neck. My mom got too freaked out and stopped it right in the middle. She threw away the beads and gave me a bath. I wasn't supposed to know that this happened, but my dad was drunk one night and spilled the beans. I've always had bad luck, like crazy bad luck, and weird things tend to happen to me. I used to be able to make lights turn on and off, mostly street lights. I could say off or on and it would do it. I always felt like I wasn't alone wherever I went and I could feel something around me, usually. But now here's where shit picked up. Stuff happened in my childhood home to me, but I'll save that. My parents got divorced and we moved into a new house, my mom, my siblings, and I. As soon as I stepped foot in it, I felt weird. I have so many stories about this house. I was doing homework one night, like pretty late on the computer, and I usually turn the speakers off because they would always buzz and it annoyed everyone. So I'm there bullshitting an essay due in six hours, and I hear the piano behind me play. I turn around and nothing. Then the kid slams closed and... And I hear, welcome to hell, in a low growl. Safe to say, I did not finish my essay. Also, I was in the basement once, and I was talking to my mom, and one by one, the angel statues on a bookshelf fell down. And then we heard another low growl. We picked them up, and then just casually walked up the steps like nothing happened, and closed the basement door. I think the scariest thing to happen to me was when I encountered the baby man, which is a name given by my friend Morgan. I was walking up the stairs pretty late at night to go to my room, and all the hair on my neck and arms stood up. I got to the top of the stairs, and something told me not to turn my head to the left and look into the office. But what did I do? I looked, and there was this thing on the floor on all fours. It slowly turned its head to look at me. It had the face of a man, but the body of a baby. It started crawling towards me, and I said, oh, Hell no, and I slammed the door closed and ran to my room. I slept with the door locked from then on. I saw the baby man about three more times after that, and then I left for college. I came home one weekend, and the house felt really light. I asked my mom, and she said she had the house blessed, but especially for my room. The weird thing is that none of my siblings had ever seen or heard anything ever. My mom denies remembering anything that happened, but thanks for taking the time to read this. I have so many other stories I'll probably send in soon.
1: You guys are awesome,
0: and keep it up. Andy.
1: That is a true freaking nightmare. A crawling figure that's not only crawling towards you, but has the face of a man and the body of a baby. That's terrifying. Oh, my God. That, like, if I opened up a sketch pad and saw that, I'd probably vomit right on the sketch pad, so (laughs) I can't even imagine what it would be like to actually witness it
0: and then it start crawling towards you is so unsettling mm,
1: i don't like crawling
0: it's mm, not mm. natural <laughs> well it's natural but it's not natural for some dark entity that's like <laughs> coming after you to be crawling no
1: more after you. crawling it's so animalistic for me, for presidential candidate <laughs> we're banning crawling babies can't crawl anymore only only children four and under are allowed to crawl.
0: But it's so animalistic, you know? It's like...
1: What do you think is creepier? Crawling or crab walking? Crawling, for sure. Crawling, yeah. Crab walking just makes me laugh. Crab walking is hard. So I think it would only be scary if someone did it really well and really fast. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But crab walking is like... It just reminds me of Jim...
0: In like elementary school where they're like, all right, time to crab walk from the
1: 50 to the 25. And it's like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And then you had to do wheelbarrow races. And then you're yeah. like, how do I fake getting out of gym class? Yeah. Ugh, I have my period. I bleed. Wait, have you seen? Oh, gosh, I forget her name. But she's a comedian. She's the really curly red hair. She's on Netflix. Oh, so her name's Michelle Wolf. That's her name. And she was joking that we should. Instead of calling it your period, we should just call it bloody tissue falling out of a hole <laughs> because it sounds so uh, extreme and everyone would let you skip everything. Sorry, I have bloody tissue falling out of a hole.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's a very descriptive way to explain it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that part of her, her
1: segment. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> That's great. I love period humor. Yeah, it's good. Also, I have, I have a, a podcast suggestion for everyone. Not to Please. to derail our episode, but my coworker just introduced this to me. It's called Heavyweight. And I was like, why? Is this a wrestling podcast or something? And he was like, No, it does sound like that, but it's not. It's it's this one podcast host who I think he's absolutely hilarious. He's got I I dig his humor. But each episode he examines the relationship between two people. So it doesn't oh. necessarily have to be two people that are on the podcast or like in a relationship, like romantic relationship, it could be like two business owners or like two lovers that wrote previous lovers that wrote a bunch of love letters to each other. It's just so interesting oh, having cool. that sort of insight. And he kind of takes a perspective of like this outside person wanting to know everything about the inside of this relationship. Oh, I love I that. just have really enjoyed it so far. Yeah, I've only listened to a few episodes, but um. Episode number 14 called Isabel that was released in 2017. That was the one that I started with. It really got me hooked if people want to listen.
0: Thanks, Corinne. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, I have another recommendation. What? It's called Rothy's, which oh. are the most stylish shoes for women and girls that are made out of recycled plastic water bottles and are crazy comfortable and fully machine washable.
1: They are the perfect everyday shoe for all life on the go they're stylish they're comfortable they go with everything from yoga pants to dresses to skirts they have an array of ever-changing colors prints and patterns and they're available in a variety of styles like sneakers loafers points and more um i personally have the the points Ooh, what did you get sabrina i have the sneakers oh you got sneakers
0: they're so comfortable they are so comfortable it's so wild And hard for me to believe that they're made out of plastic water bottles. So, like, not only are we doing good for the world because Rothies has diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills already, but then they turn them into shoes and they're so comfortable. Like, you can wear them
1: without socks. Like, can I just say that I had in the past few years turned into mostly like a strictly one of those like slip-on mules because Mm -hmm. I hated things on my ankles because I hated breaking in shoes and this is the first pair of flats that I've owned that I've never had to break in they do not give me a blister they do not irritate me or bother me in any single way they are so comfortable and they're machine washable Rothy's is just blowing my mind love them So if you guys want to try
0: Rothy's and check out the amazing styles available right now, go to rothys.com forward slash
1: T-G-O-G. Again, go to rothys.com, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash T-G-O-G to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability, these are the shoes that you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash T-G-O-G today. All right, lady, you're up. I'm up. Okay, well, it should not surprise you that I picked a story called My Dad Found Evidence of Bigfoot. Oh, and I'm definitely being haunted. Not surprised whatsoever. But I am excited. Yes. It's from Brianna, who I think might be a Patreon donor because I recognize the spelling of her name. I think so. Hey, gals. I'm just going to dive in because I know that this is going to be long. My dad does deer and elk hunting and is and goes to a super secluded area of eastern oregon every single year he's an avid bigfoot believer and it all started because of one hunting trip years ago while walking around the woods he spotted a footprint on the ground upon spotting it he immediately ran back to the camp to get his phone and something to make a makeshift cement cast or whatever you call it oh my because god this, that is so cool so cool because this footprint was huge it was a bare footprint i should say I'm trying to make, say it so it doesn't sound like the bear the animal, but people just know that it was a naked footprint. Gotcha. <laughs> that was about three times the size of any human print that he'd ever seen. First of all, no person is walking around the woods barefoot. Second of all, my cousin has size 18 feet and these prints were way bigger than that. <laughs> he still has the casting and picture somewhere. If I can get a hold of it, I'll send you pictures. This print was not natural. After that, he began looking for more signs of Bigfoot every year. And last year, he had yet another strange experience. While looking for deer in the same woods, he found a deer carcass with a missing head. This in and of itself is not odd because poachers will illegally kill deer just for their heads. Sad. The carcass had pretty much been picked clean, which again isn't odd. There are other animals in the area that would would likely have done that. But what was exceptionally odd was that the next day when he passed by that same carcass, something had put its head right on top of its carcass. What? And that is definitely something that another animal or poacher would not do. He thinks that maybe Bigfoot decided to leave him a gift or a warning after seeing my dad poke around its dinner. Crazy, right? Oh, my gosh. All right. On to story two. I listen to you guys in my house a lot, mostly in the bathroom while I'm doing my makeup or just in general while I'm cleaning. And I've started to get a bad feeling in the bathroom all the time. Like someone is watching me and would be right in front of me when I opened my eyes in the shower or something like that. Soon it started following me all over the place, bad vibes everywhere. I started seeing things out of the corner of my eye and hearing things, but no one in the house mentioned anything. So I thought maybe I was just crazy. Then one day my brother-in-law was looking for me "'to ask if I would keep an eye on my niece "'while he ran to the store. "'He walked upstairs and thought "'he saw me standing in the bathroom. "'He passed by me to go to his room for a second "'and was going to circle back "'and ask me when he left his room. "'When he walked back out of his room, "'the bathroom light was off "'and I was nowhere to be found. "'He went into my room and asked my boyfriend "'where I ran off to, "'and he told him that I left with my sister "'and had been gone for hours. "'He saw a tall woman with blonde hair, "'pink shorts, and a white shirt "'standing in the bathroom.' Not only do I not own anything like that, but in fact, I'd been gone for about four hours at this point. So who did he see? My niece and nephew started to see things in the bathroom, too, and were scared to go upstairs by themselves. Doors started randomly opening and closing. My closet door would suddenly be open when I turned around, even though I know that I closed it when I walked into the room. Just a bunch of weird stuff like that. So I went to this metaphysical store nearby me and I got some sage and frankincense, incense, and made a little altar and cleansed the house. Everything was calm for a while and I thought it worked until the other day I was sitting outside of my porch smoking and my boyfriend was talking to me through the screen door. When I looked up to say something back to him, there was a shadow standing right beside him that disappeared as quickly as it appeared. Looks like I'll be saging again very soon. Thanks for listening to my stories. I hope you guys have an awesome weekend, and I'll see you on the other side. Brianna. Um, so curious as to what this spirit is. Yeah, it's like some weird doppelganger, demonic something or other. Right, that is like after her boyfriend. Is it after her boyfriend, or is it just lurking in the house? I don't know. Because it didn't appear to her boyfriend, it appeared to the uncle, and then her niece and nephew are now scared to go upstairs because they get freaked out in the bathroom too.
0: Right. But then it was standing
1: right behind her boyfriend when she was trying to talk to him. That's true. I wonder, though, if it was if it was more like an intimidation thing for her. Right. That's weird. So weird. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. Sage again, for sure. Do something because, yeah, it almost also, it makes me think that like when it was standing behind her in the bathroom and when she was getting those vibes that someone was watching, that it was kind of studying her to try to mimic her later when she was gone. I don't like that at all. That terrifies me.
0: That's very doppelganger like. I don't like mm-hmm. that. I am curious if her father still has that cast that he made of the footprint because oh, I'm dying to see,
1: to see a big footprint cast. Please send it to us if you have it. You know, there are probably multiple Bigfoots out there, and I would like to think that this one did – maybe it was a warning of just like, hey, don't spend too much time around here. Like, don't kill the deer that is my lunch. Yeah. But I I would like to think that it wasn't too intense of a warning, you know? Yeah, more of just like a Bigfoot was here. Here's my stamp. Yeah. In
0: trying to find connections to your
1: stories, to
0: the ones that I'm going to read. I found one. (laughs) from someone with a very similar name. This is from Bree. Ooh. Uh, Her subject line is, currently being haunted by a demon. Hi, y'all. My name is Bree. I've been debating writing to y'all for a while now because I was unsure exactly how to word these experiences because of how traumatic they were to me as a child and now to me as an adult. I'll start with the subject line first, and I'll end with something a little happier. So my family member had a brief stint as a Satanist, the soul-sucking, hating God kind. He has never told me how long this period lasted, but he says that one day he looked into the mirror and saw a walking corpse looking back at him. It scared him enough that he converted to Catholicism and has tried to do his best by his faith and himself. But that time that he spent worshiping Satan has left a mark on our family, because after he was trying to get back on track, demons would appear as awful monstrous beings that would attack him, usually physiologically and through nightmares. After a time, they just stopped, but they have left a deep scar. As for me, I started to be haunted at the age of eight after some truly awful things happened to me and I reached a very low point in my life. It started as little things first. Something would wake me up in the middle of the night with unexplained fear and not let me sleep. I was losing time as I would be going about my day. I could look at a clock and it would be noon, but then I would look again and it was 2, and I had have no idea what I had been doing. Then oh, it was that's horrible, so scary. I know. Then it was horrible awful nightmares that I couldn't remember when I woke up. It went on for a few years and I just delved deeper and deeper into a pretty serious depression. When I turned 11, that's when things took a more physical approach to how they were dealing with me. I would have awful nightmares of dark shadows chasing me, and these shadows were so black that it looked like it was sucking things into its darkness. They didn't look like anything in particular, just masses of darkness that loomed large and always chased me through the same scenery. Every nightmare had the same background, the forest in which I grew up close to. Parts of the Redwood Forest in California but I started waking up having bruises in the shapes of handprints where the shadow had caught me in my nightmare, usually large handprints that would cover parts of my legs or arms, and the long scratches across my back and legs as if I had barely managed to get away. This is when the suicidal thoughts started, like they weren't my own thoughts. It's never my voice in my head telling me these things. The voice had the deepness of a man's voice and the cadence of a woman's. But it was very compelling, and sometimes I still hear it. After a few years of wanting to die, not being able to sleep, having these nightmares and the overwhelming horror, I would feel at the sight of my unexplained bruises, I had had enough. I got into a meditation position and I imagined myself closing myself off to all things paranormal or demonic, because at this point I had no doubt that the things chasing me were, in fact, demons. I felt silly doing this because even if I believed they were demons, it didn't really make sense. I was on the floor crying, trying to close something imaginary, and it felt hard, but even if it felt silly, I did it and everything actually stopped. I was able to sleep through the night, and there were no more bruising and no more scratching, and the suicidal voice even went away. Fast forward a few more years, and I'm 17 in my senior year of high school, sitting at my desk in English class, when all of a sudden, I hear the voice again. I had remained depressed throughout the time since I was 8, but all of a sudden, it grew into something that I could not control anymore. The voice was back, and it seemed angry that I had not killed myself. I ignored it as best as I could for years, but it just steadily got worse. But none of the other symptoms returned. Until a year ago when I met a wonderful woman who straight away I knew I could feel the paranormal around her. She can tell when a place is haunted, and she knows when there are ghosts. And part of myself that I had closed myself off to... She had ignored her entire life, but hadn't actively closed, and just like that, everything I closed flew open again. The mysterious bruises were back, the scratches. I wake up every night at 3, and I'm not sleeping. But my friend has helped me strengthen spiritually a lot. I am still losing time, and I'm plagued by nightmares, but it seems like, as I grow stronger spiritually and have more confidence in myself, the more this demon tries to have control over me again like it used to. I also have no doubt that this is the same demon that haunted my family member. And in my nightmares, the voice in my head has told me that when I have children, it will haunt them too. They would haunt my family because I can't get rid of them. I don't know how to get rid of whatever it or however many of them there are, but I'm now 23 and I'm so tired of it all. And I know the answer isn't to close it off again. So if you have any advice, it would be helpful. But on a happier note, there was a spirit orb that watched over me as a child until I moved back to Texas. I'm pretty sure she is stuck in the area where my old house in California is. She was this bright, shiny ball of light that looked like rainbows. She told me to call her croca, which is Swedish for bend or curve. I just remember being very safe around her. I don't have too many memories, but my parents are also pretty sure it was a ghost based on some of the things I've said about her. OMG, that turned out to be long and I even left some things out. Anyway, if you have questions, you can email me back. I'll share anything. I love listening to your podcast, and I'm doing my best to keep up on it on a week-to-week basis. I hope my story is a good warning not to mess with demons, because then you can get your family haunted. Keep up the amazing work. You are some of the funniest people I've ever listened to, and y'all really help me feel like I'm not alone. See you on the other side. P.S. Look at my cats and my boyfriend's dog for cute stuffs.
1: Such cute stuffs. I scrolled down as you were reading it just so that I could feel better. Her experiences are scary. <laughs> They're really scary. I don't – and she was so young too when it all first started.
0: I know. And I, I think there's a way to get rid of them. There has to be. It's there just has to be. W- It's just finding people and professionals who can help with that.
1: The lost periods of time just really freaks me out because it makes me wonder if she's truly – if time is truly being manipulated around her or if the things that maybe happened when she was younger, which she said were not good, if maybe when she's experiencing some sort of paranormal thing that kind of like brings her back in into those memories, if she ends up just if her brain is doing the, the blocking out. Right. Right. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Like if she's forcibly not remembering. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, regardless, it's not a way to live. No life, and I feel like, yeah, I don't think closing yourself off from it is the correct thing because it doesn't mean that they're gone. It just means that, like, you're trying to block them
1: out. But it's a good first step towards, yeah, towards not being scratched down your backs right. and legs and having handprints on you and right. But I think, I mean, you got to do something to help close yourself off.
0: There's way to ways to find protection, right? Like, saging might help. I mean, I'm not a professional, but I'm sure there are people who can offer protective practices.
1: Right. And I feel like if Bree hasn't tried already, I would suggest the ribbon wrapping technique. Oh, That's a great idea. And then also just tell those bitches to go the fuck away. Get the fuck out of my brain <laughs> and my nightmares and my house and my room. And just say, not today, Satan. Not today, demons. Oh, yes. Not today, Satan. Put up a bunch of crosses and wear a "Not Today Satan" necklace, and mm-hmm. you'll be a little bit better. Hopefully, hopefully. And then also Facebook, join our Facebook group.
0: Maybe ask for advice on there. I'm sure there are many more wise than we are.
1: Yeah, and plenty of people. I mean, I feel like we're a little bit juvenile in terms of our our um, recommendations with clearing out your space, but. There are so many people on our Facebook group who know so much more about like, you know, like using sound and crystals and Mm -hmm. just things that you might naturally already have in your home. Right. Exactly. So head on over there. And then head over to Noom if you want to practice healthier lifestyles. Sabrina and I really love Noom because with Noom, you pick goals that are right for you, whether it's uh, wanting to feel better in your clothes or maybe having more stamina to keep up with your busy life or practicing more self-care and feeling confident. And Noom personalizes a program to help your aspirations become reality your healthier habits will put your 2020 goals in reach, which is super amazing. And it's all based in psychology. So Noom actually teaches you why you do the things you do. And it empowers you with the tools to break those bad habits and replace them with better ones. I myself have really enjoyed using Noom because at first I kind of went in with the goal of introducing exercise and and good food into my regular habits. But I didn't realize how much those were also affecting my psychology and my confidence level there. So it actually hit on more areas of my life than I anticipated. And everyone's really busy too. And that's why Noom doesn't demand much of your time. So they only ask for 10 minutes a day. And you're also assigned a goal specialist that's matched up with a community of numers, So there's always support. There's always people going through the same thing you are. There's always a hand to reach out to you. It's just super awesome. And it, it, it's great in terms of accountability and just helping you achieve the goals that you want to achieve. And it's the perfect time to make a step towards healthier habits. So sign up for your trial today at Noom. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash T-G-O-G. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com forward slash T-G-O-G to start your trial today. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com forward slash T-G-O-G. All right. What do you have? Okay. This is the last one I'll read today. It is from our listener, Sarah, and it's titled, The one time a demon tried to kill me with a stomach bug and my past life came to my rescue. Oh. (laughs) So interesting. Hi, girls. Your show is my favorite podcast of all time. I've listened to every episode and I'm absolutely obsessed. I have a story for you, but it's not really related to ghosts, although maybe it is. Hmm. But it's the craziest paranormal and spiritual thing that has ever happened to me. And to this day, I still have no idea what actually happened to me. But here it goes. It was my senior year in college, and I was hosting a weekly wine night party in my room with a bunch of close friends. These nights were meant to be time to relax and have a little wine, so they never got super crazy, i.e. no one was ever wasted at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. Typically, I'd have one or two glasses of wine, but this particular night, I didn't really feel like drinking much, so I was completely sober by the time all of my friends hit the hay for the night. Once all of my friends left, that's when things went south. I'd been feeling pretty fine all day and all week, and I felt no sign of oncoming illness, so when I suddenly got super nauseous and lightheaded after my friends left, it came out of nowhere. I ran to the bathroom in my dorm, fully thinking I was going to throw up, but nothing happened. Then it sort of passed briefly, so I went back to my room. But only seconds later, the sickness came back, and I ended up spending the next hour or so running back and forth from the bathroom, thinking that I was going to be super sick, only to have nothing happen. Uh that's the worst. Then I started to feel more and more feverish. I was lightheaded and dizzy. My stomach was churning. And it literally felt like I just caught some 24-hour bug in the span of only an hour. I said to myself, huh, must have been something I ate at dinner. And I didn't think much of it, just my body reacting to the super gross dining hall food, which was notorious for making people sick. (laughs) So (laughs) I got myself some water and lemon ginger tea. I turned off the lights. I emptied my trash can and I set it beside my bed. Can I just say she's so prepared as like a college student? Yes. I would now I still don't have lemon ginger tea. I don't have a trash can I can throw up into. God. She's she's smart. I prepared for a long night of stomach bug sickness. As I was lying in my bed trying to sleep, I suddenly opened my eyes and I found myself lying on a couch in a bright living room. That was most definitely not my dorm room. What? I remember the walls were high and white with dark wood ceilings. And there was a large wooden coffee table to my right and some armchairs off to the side. I could make out a picture frame and other kinds of decor lining the wall, but I couldn't really move my head much because it felt super heavy. The couch was a dark red color, and somehow I knew that I was in the living room of a much larger house and that the kitchen was nearby. I also somehow knew that this house was older than me. It felt like it was built in the 40s or earlier. I looked down at my body to see that I was wearing some sort of white cotton dress, which I also somehow knew was maybe from the 60s or 70s. It looked kind of like those bohemian hippie dresses with the bright colorful floral embroidery. I also noticed that my hair was much longer and it was black and I could feel it pooling around my neck and shoulders. Mind you, I had a very short pixie cut in real life at this point, at this point, and my hair is more of a dark brown color. Another weird thing. I noticed that my skin was much tanner than it actually is. I am very, very white and Irish, but... I was still very feverish in this, what I assumed to be dream, so I just thought to myself, this is the weirdest fever dream I've (laughs) ever had. I also tried to completely ignore the fact that I could feel the couch beneath me. It was kind of a corduroy texture and that the air was noticeably much warmer and drier than my dorm room, but I chalked it up to my brain overheating. That's when my mother and my grandmother suddenly came into the room. And it sounded like they were arguing with one another. Only neither of these women were actually my mom and grandma. Not by a long shot. I called them my dream mother and my dream grandmother. Wow. For one thing, they were both speaking Spanish and they both had similar black hair as mine. My dream mother's hair was long and in a ponytail and draped over her shoulder. And she was wearing a similar dress to mine with blue and red floral embroidery. And she had on some silver earrings and a bracelet. While my dream grandmother's hair was short and curly with some gray sprinkled over it, and she was wearing a little purple dress that I felt like was from earlier, like the 50s. Wow. When they came into my field division, they looked down at me on the couch, still arguing with each other in Spanish. I had this strange experience of both not understanding a word that they were saying, but also somehow I knew what they were saying. I have never studied Spanish, but my brain understood that they were talking about me and that something was very wrong. In my fever-ridden mind, I suddenly had the idea that I was the wrong person here and that this wasn't my body and I needed to let them know that I wasn't who I was. And then my dream mother was sitting beside me, wiping my forehead with the cold washcloth, and I suddenly said to her, You shouldn't be taking care of me. I'm not the right person. She stopped and looked at me strangely, so I continued, and the only thing my brain could think to say to her to make her understand was, I'm white. I don't deserve you taking care of me. I'm not the right person you should be taking care of. Weird, I know. (laughs) After I said that, my dream mother looked at my dream grandmother, and they both looked very concerned over what I had just said. My dream mother got up from where she had sat beside me, and she and my dream grandmother walked into the kitchen where I heard them whispering with one another. I couldn't really hear them, but I knew that they were concerned about me, and I think that they were saying something like I wasn't myself, and that they couldn't understand where the sickness had come from. It was at that moment that I closed my eyes and I woke up back in my dorm feeling like I was about to throw up. I leaped out of my bed to grab my trash can, but found myself sort of dry heaving and said while crouched on the floor while holding onto my trash can for dear life. Uh. I was feeling even more feverish and I was sweating like crazy at this point. When I closed my eyes just to catch my breath, I woke back up on the couch in the other house. Whoa. I knew I was feverish, but I was definitely wide awake. So how could I still be dreaming? I gasped in the dream and my dream mother and grandmother heard me and came running back over to the couch. At this point, I'm really panicking and repeating <laughs> to them over and over, I'm not the right person. I am not the right person. Then I was back in my dorm room, still leaning over my trash can and feeling really freaked out. I said out loud, don't make me go back there. And just as I said it, wouldn't you know, I no. was back on the couch. <gasps> this time, hive have chills. This is so this scary. Is wild. This time with my dream mother and dream grandmother right beside me. I think my dream mother was holding my hand. But at this point, my mind was going a mile a minute because whatever the sickness was had intensified so much that I couldn't focus on anything except for how awful my body felt. In the back of my mind, I had this feeling that something was crawling around inside me and trying to shut my body down. I felt like I was going to die. I kept going back and forth between this other house and my dorm room floor, only staying in each location for a couple seconds before waking back up in the other. In one of the final switches, I was vaguely aware of my dream grandmother and dream mother either singing or chanting something in Spanish, and as I sang, whatever it was in my body started to drain out of me. Finally, the switching came to an end and I was back in the floor of my dorm room, breathing heavily like I had just run a marathon and feeling really clammy and gross. But I was thinking straight again, so I just told myself it was all from the fever, and I definitely wasn't going crazy. I crawled back into my bed, where I passed out until the next morning. Wow. If this were an isolated moment, I would definitely say that it was just a really weird fever dream with no supernatural spiritual things tied to it. This was really easy to tell myself when I woke up the next morning because I was feeling so much better than the night before. It was as if nothing had even happened. My body felt perfectly fine with no fever, not even a cough, no sign I'd ever been sick. Just to be on the safe side, I stayed in bed all day to make sure whatever illness that may still be left over was done and gone. And everything was back to normal until later that night, at exactly the same time as the previous night, when I started feeling sick. Oh my gosh. This was maybe a little after midnight when I felt the sickness creep back into my body, only this time I had a killer headache, which made The nausea and dizziness so much worse than the night before. I kept going back and forth to the bathroom thinking I was going to throw up with nothing happening. Only to go back to the bathroom having this feeling that something was worming its way through my brain and then through my body Ah. trying to shut it all down. I felt like I was dying and I was terrified because I couldn't explain what was happening to me. I didn't switch back to the house like the night before, but something just as strange happened instead. After about 45 minutes of running to the bathroom, I ended up back on my floor with my trash can holding on for dear life when amidst the feeling of dread and the dark entity inside me, I felt something else come through. I'm not sure if I actually heard a voice or if it was just my fever again, but some other presence came into my head and somehow I knew I needed to get rid of whatever dark force was trying to kill me. I started to repeat over and over and over out loud the words Santa Maria, Santa Maria, Santa Maria. In between chanting Santa Maria I also remember saying things like "Please help me, save me, free, free my body of this," which I may or may not have said in Spanish. I remember feeling super overwhelmed by what was happening because I was aware that there were two other things in my body all at once, and I was sort of being pushed to the side a bit while the two fought it out. The presence that was making me repeat "Santa Maria" over and over again seemed to be pushing out whatever the other dark entity was that was out to get me this went on for what felt like an eternity when all at once i felt this heaviness lift off of me and i slumped over my floor like something had just cut my puppet strings oh i my was gosh. freaked i tried to search in my head to see if santa if the santa maria energy was still there but it left when the darker force left I looked at the time, and you can probably guess, it was just about to turn at 3 a.m. Oh. At this point, I was so exhausted by the past two days that all I wanted to do was just go to go the F to sleep. So I woke up the next morning feeling super light and well-rested, and I felt like I'd never even been sick in the first place, and I was able to go to my classes and hang out with my friends again later that night. For a long time, I told myself, it must have just been a weird 24-hour flu and whatever you saw and felt was definitely something your overheated brain concocted to cope with whatever was happening. I may believe in magic and spirits and all that jazz, but I'm still very logical and a skeptical person at heart. I even went to my best friend who practices witchcraft and asked her her opinion, and even she said it was probably just as what I thought, a really, really intense fever dream. So I tried to think nothing of it, but I just couldn't shake off what had happened to me. There were too many pieces that didn't make sense because I had had fever dreams before. I had been that sick before, but nothing at all like this. What's more, every time I walk by the statue of Virgin Mary, I get this weird impulse that I need to acknowledge her and show some sort of respect, which is very strange because I never went to church and I'm not at all religious. I also find myself in moments of stress or intense fear, instinctively thinking the words, Santa Maria, in my head. Though I've had some tiny ghost encounters here and there, I've never experienced anything this vivid and specific. Despite the logical part of my brain that wants to disprove it, I can't help but believe that something really bad was out to get me those two nights. And somehow that triggered me switching with what I believe to be a past life who then came to my aid. my gosh. I say it was a past life only because everything I had experienced and seen in my vision was so real and tangible to me. What's more, the faces of my dream mother and dream grandmother were so clear that I can still picture them today. I can't come up with any other explanation except that I had lived in that house before and those women were my actual mother and grandmother in a previous life. I have no idea what the dark entity might have been. I don't know if I was hexed or if a demon was just fucking with me, but frankly, I don't ever want to know. That's the only explanation I've been able to come up with and thankfully nothing of that sort has ever happened to me again since Whoa. thank you for reading and keep up the spooky work see you on the other side Sarah I am roller coaster full of chills almost
0: speechless I've I don't think I've ever heard a story like this before never isn't it so fascinating it's like her past life was afflicted by the same darkness. But it's so weird. It's so weird that it only struck her at night. You know, like when all of her friends left, all of a sudden she was struck with this illness. Which I, which we've heard before that demonic entities and like attempted possessions are related with illnesses, or like the feeling of illnesses. Like the symptoms are very similar, right?
1: But also, if you think about the time of night, it was you know when they say the veil is lifted a bit. That's so true. It's easier to come over. That's true. It's just so strange and like.
0: It's like it it goes to show that maybe like demonic entities follow souls or entities in general. Like so if you see a paranormal, if you see a spirit, it might not necessarily be related to you, but it could be related to something in your past life.
1: And it's I'm trying to make I mean, I'm never going to make sense of this, but (laughs) I was just trying to think of what happened to her past life. I mean, maybe it's all one soul. But I was also trying to think of like the consciousness of her previous life or of that person, whoever that person with the dark hair on the in the 60s outfit in the 40s house was. Right. And I was thinking like when they were switching back and forth, was that other person switching back and forth too? And then it gets even more confusing when on night two, it seems like both herself and this previous life or whatever this sort of spirit was that was had had the other house. Was in her brain f- with her. I don't know. Like acting separate from her own consciousness. Right. Which usually when you talk about. When people talk about past lives. And past life regression therapy. And all of this stuff. You switch between consciousness. So it's. You're not together with your previous life. It's just your previous life will take over. But she was awake. She was like very conscious. Which I it just opens up so many more questions on my part. I mean,
0: it's kind of, I mean, I'm glad now that we know she's okay and everything's okay. It's really fascinating to have that insight and and experience with a past life. Because I feel like it was so detailed. She saw her mother and her grandmother from a past life and knew what they were saying, even though she in real life doesn't speak, or in this life doesn't speak Spanish. It's really remarkable. It reminds
1: me, I just watched the movie Midsummer last night what do you think i really liked it it's intense it's really intense i i have a bunch of questions why did she yeah i don't want to ruin things but well we can it just reminds me of when she was speaking like swedish or whatever she was speaking at the very end Mm -hmm. but yeah the whole thing just Mm -hmm. so wild (sighs) i hope sarah never has one of these experiences again but i also want to know the answer
0: I know. I also want to know if she can locate or try to track down since so she has so many details. Granted, she doesn't know place or location, but like she kind of has an era in description of these people. Like, would she be able to track them down? Yeah. Who her past life is?
1: Oh, it's so interesting. It makes me want. Oh, God. I have 1000 questions. I'll just keep them to myself until I sort them, sort through them. All right, do you want to close us out? I will.
0: I chose a semi-heartwarming, semi-sad but heartwarming story to close us off. Okay. This is from Rosie. Their subject line is My Grandmother Gets Mad at Me from Beyond the Grave question mark. Mm. Hey Corinne, Sabrina, and any spirits who may be listening in. My name is Rosie. My roommate Liz and my best friend in the whole world, Stinky, was featured in your latest episode. She has spirit guides and attached spirits of her family cats, and when we moved in together, I could see them following her around and prowling the apartment. Liz, our roommate, Jess, and I really vibed energetically and spiritually, so our apartment was a really exciting place. Jess and I are pretty good at leading Ouija sessions and keeping the communication safe and positive, and Liz is very connected to the spiritual and natural worlds. We lived together for mine and Jess's final semester in college, and during that time had some really amazing experiences. One night during a storm, Liz and I did a Ouija session and recorded an EVP of a man's voice when there were no men in the apartment, outside, or next door. We can't tell what the spirit is saying in the recording, but it is very audible. I want to hear it. Send it to me. I want to hear it, too. I have been interested in the supernatural and the paranormal for as long as I can remember. When I started leading Ouija sessions, I realized how I can connect with spirits naturally. I constantly see figures out of the corners of my eyes and then, and even have been visited by the spirit of my grandmother who passed away a few years ago. Two summers ago, I was at home in southern New Hampshire taking care of my niece and nephew during their vacation. My nani babysat me for most of my young life and I'm named after her, so we were very close. During that summer, I would hear footsteps around the house, kids' toys would randomly start making noise, and I would feel presences around me. I took up embroidery and used supplies that she had left behind. I was sitting in my kitchen one day, and I began to smell her, the distinct scent of Marlboro ultra Light cigarettes. As I began to open up myself more to her presence, she would interact with me more, such as messing with the Wi-Fi and then stopping when I asked her to quit it. Side story, I was watching old seasons of Drag Race, and any time a certain queen, Derek Berry, was on the screen, the playback would go wonky. I asked Nani to stop doing it, and I acknowledged that she didn't like that queen, and then the buffering stopped. It continued to escalate up until the day I was sitting in the living room and looked up into the kitchen and saw her standing there watching me. It was really heartwarming to feel her still watching me while I was caring for my family the same way she cared for me. The first time I used a Ouija board, I got a weird feeling before we began. I told Jess and the friends that we were with that it felt like my grandmother would come through. When we began, and when a spirit started responding, I knew it was her. She identified herself and then spelled out N-O-O-U-I-J-A, no Ouija. I suddenly felt incredibly upset because I knew she was mad at me for playing with a Ouija board. We ended that session and Jess started explaining to the group, warning signs that a bad presence is coming through. When we tried again, the spirit said, no Ouija, and then started doing some of the demon things Jess had just described. It was shocking, and some part of me deep down knew that it was Noni telling me to cut the crap and stop being stupid. Sorry, Noni. I have a ring she left me, and to this day, I am wearing the ring, and when I try to do a Ouija session, no spirits will come through. I think that's my Noni keeping other spirits away and trying to protect me. However, I feel a strong urge to try to help spirits cross over and hear what they need to say. Noni's ring is incredibly important to me and acts as an object of spiritual protection whenever I feel threatened. Sorry for the long email. I have more stories about my Ouija board experiences and other spiritual encounters. If you're interested, we are... Noni visits me in my dreams and talks to me when things are tough in my life or my family. She's always with me, and although she passed away, she continues to protect and keep track of our family. Thanks for the podcast. Best, Rosie.
1: Well, if anyone needed proof that it's usually not a good idea to use a Ouija board, right here, their grandparent came to the rescue and said no. Yep. Listen to Noni. Cut it off. Listen to your grandparents.
0: Listen to your parents. They know what's best. They trust trying to protect you and keep you out of danger, okay? (laughs) Listen to Mama Sabrina, okay? Oh, my God. I'm from New Jersey, and I know what's up, and I know how to protect myself from this shit, and I'm going to do it to you, too, okay?
1: I like this character. (laughs) This one's fun. (laughs) Thank you. I do, yeah, I do wonder, like, again, I just kind of like the idea of... Spirits kind of being able to see into the future and see what would happen. So I wonder what Noni was trying to protect them from. Right. She's like, come on, let's not do this. Let's not play this
0: game. Noni is not about it. Not about it. And she's going to protect you.
1: And I love it. It's a good ghost to have. What a sweet story. Mm-hmm. It's like sweet and scary at the same time. Yeah.
0: But i much prefer having a protective spirit then have to experience something scary. Absolutely. Same. Absolutely. All right. If you guys have ghost stories, please email them to us at podcast at gmail.com. If you have tips and suggestions for any of our listeners when they ask questions about help, if we ever ask questions and we don't understand things, please feel free to email them to us. We love to learn and we love to share with our community. We're all learning.
1: We're all growing.
0: And let's do it together.
1: Okay. Okay. And you guys know the spiel. Rate and review. Support us in any way that you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we will love you forever. Even if it's just buying merch or telling your friends, joining our pyramid
0: scheme, or rating and reviewing on iTunes. It's free and it's easy. It takes less than a minute, hopefully. And it really, really goes a long way for us. So please, 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 please rate and review us on iTunes. I would love you guys. We love you. Oh, and we also really are very thankful for Eric Foster and his team at UpFire Digital. Thank you for editing our podcast and for uh, giving us a little bit of time back to our lives. And thank you to our Patreon donors. Thank you to our mamas and papas of the B.E.K., Charlie. And thank you to our good luck black cats, Sarah and Laura.
1: And thank you to every sponsor we have each week on the podcast and Thank you to them for giving us cool discounts Mm -hmm. for us and for our listeners to use. So you can go to thirdlove.com slash TGOG now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off of your first order.
0: And get $50 off the Phi collar with code TGOG when you visit tryphi.com to find out more. And to get Flamingo's Shave Set for just $16, go to shopflamingo.com forward slash TGOG. And... Go to
1: rothies.com slash T-G-O-G to get your new favorite flats. And again, you can sign up for your trial today at noom.com forward slash T-G-O-G. And we will see you on the other, other side. side. Very spooky.